Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth What do we know? A trips to telephones that are no different to you Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to let you know what the rules of the internet are. Rule number one, don't wreck yourself. <laughs> and I'm Matt Sansing, and I'm here to break all the rules of the internet, and I am already wrecked, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time we do this, I never have anything prepared, and when you're going through your canned spiel i always panic but when you change it up it kind of gives me an opportunity to kind of think of something on the spot and that's what happened today well i'm I'm glad i'm glad it all worked out i'm glad that i was able to help you disentangle yourself from the gordian knot of the Uh, internet's bullshit even if i'm the one making the bullshit uh yeah exactly and you're the one untying the knot too yeah oh my god it's like an it's like an s&m parlor s&m yeah like say it is okay yeah like bdsm Gotcha. Oh, that, that's how I know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Matt yeah. won't do S&M without the BD in front of it. Yeah, exactly right. What does the BD stand for? Huh? BD Wong? Is he? In I, 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 it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is a sadomasochistic encounter involving BD Wong. Honestly, I feel like he'd be into it. And I'd, I'd be into it, too. I'm not going to lie. I think, yeah, <laughs> he is a fine looking man. Yeah. I've he, been watching dino- uh, a, uh, Jurassic Park scientist in the original. Uh-huh, yeah, he is a Jurassic Park scientist. But I've also been watching Aquafina's show on HBO. Nora from it, Queens. Is it good? It is fantastic. I've she been, is delightful and charming. Is her and, name really Aquafina? No. Uh, that's short for awkward something or other. Oh, okay. okay. It's it's a it's kind of a stage name, but it works for her. It's good branding because everyone knows who Aquafina is. Or actually, everyone knows that Aquafina exists. I had no idea who she was. Like I couldn't put a yeah. face to the name I until pick I saw her up the in a water lineup. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> Is it her or is it Dasani? I don't know. Oh, it'd be so funny if there's someone in their show named Dasani or like. Yeah, so on Nora from Queens, BD Wong plays her sexy widower dad. Oh. How old is BD Wong? He's kind of grown he up. He's got to be in his 50s. Gotta be he is 50s. a timeless sexual symbol. All right. I'm sure his mother would be happy to hear that. Like the Statue of David or the, the Statue of Liberty. Venus of Milo. Or Venus. I, we can say Venus Serena. of Milo. We don't have to say Da Milo, right? Because Da just means of. And God damn it, this is America, where presumably most of our listeners are. Well, that we, we, we know it's where most of our listeners are. 96%, I'll have you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. There we go. And that's the show, folks. All right. Good. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Uh, don't forget to rate us five stars. Rick Reynolds, etc. Uh, do you want to get us started matt yeah so this first question comes from r slash random thoughts a place on the internet where all of your random thoughts just appear as if they are quarks coming out of existence correct me if i'm wrong but on r slash random thoughts these thoughts are presented in no particular order no they're they're assigned at random some would say oh Okay. So, so this this uh, first question uh, doesn't have a question mark, which you're already off to a off to a great start. Uh, <sighs> That's random. But, but the question is, 
What if dinosaurs had udders? <laughs> okay. I'm first, game. Let's play this thought experiment. Yeah, right. So the first thing you have to say is that dinosaurs weren't mammals, so they didn't have mammary glands, so they didn't produce milk the way you and I understand it. Right. So in order to produce milk, as you and I understand it, <laughs> one would have to be a mammal. However, there are other types of animal milk that I've heard of. I, I was reading an article about a month and a half ago about cockroach milk. Oh, God. That's the next one. First, you got almond milk, then oat milk, and then the hipsters are going to be wanting cockroach lattes. Cockroach Apparently, lattes. it's super calorically dense and very potentially good for you. Oh, if God. you weren't, you know, extracting if you weren't it from gross the fuck out about it. Yeah. yeah if you weren't yeah. extracting it from thousands of female cockroaches. Oh, God. Uh, do they have nipples? Can, how do you milk a cockroach? Uh, I've seen Joe's apartment. I'm pretty sure they have nipples. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Joe's apartment was they certainly from... wore bras. That would imply yeah. the existence of mammaries. That was like MTV's second movie ever. MTV Studios or films. The Joe's apartment. Yeah. Jerry movie. McConnell fucking star yep. turn right there. Yep. Yep. I think so, he was robbed that year. Should have gotten from... the Oscar. Oh, God. Jerry McConnell will never. Has he even been to the Oscars? I don't I He gets to go. He he got to go with his ex-wife. He was re married to Rebecca Romaine for a long time, and I'm okay. sure she got invited. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. For sure. So what if dinosaurs had milk? So we already know that dinosaurs didn't have milk in the traditional sense, uh, in the latte sense. But this but, but this question had me think of what did newborn baby dinosaurs eat? Oh, because if they didn't have their, if they weren't suckling on their mama's milk, they had to have been eating on insects. And like, they, they were carnivorous from day zero, is what I'm trying to say. Well, except for the ones that weren't. Like omnivores, like plants and shit like that? Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's some dinosaurs look like cows and some dinosaurs look like ostriches, what is my understanding of the breakdown. What if I told you that a 2013 controversial study suggests that dinosaurs produced a milk-like substance to rapidly feed their hatchlings? Uh, I would, my, my brain would literally explode. Okay. Like, well, I, well, then would, I'm not going to tell you that. Be, <laughs> my, my, my brain would turn into the Yucatan Peninsula circa 65 million years ago. Oh, nice. It's, you know, timely and apt. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> modern birds, they kind of secrete this milk, like oily substance, which has calories, fat and stuff like that. And there was a study that since dinosaurs grew so fast that they had to have had some sort of help with this because you can't just eat plants and bugs and grow at the speed we think dinosaurs grew at when they were newborns. All right. I mean, that would certainly explain their rapid size increases, but is it is it particular types of dinosaurs? Well, so is so, it only the avian is it is it only like the avian type two-legged dinosaurs that would do this? The study doesn't go so far as to claim which species do this. They only claim that this is definitely a possibility. And in fact, I think it probably happened. So the parts of the body responsible for secreting the milk, if you will, I'm using air quotes with milk. So if cloaca, they birds do everything through a cloaca. Cloaca is just an opening. That's all it means. Yeah, you know when they reproduce, you know, 98% of birds don't have dicks so how they reproduce is called the cloacal kiss i think we might have talked about that previously in the podcast <laughs> no but um, it never hurts to talk about the cloacal kiss again honestly that should be a reddit name cloacal kiss <laughs> asks <laughs> um no yeah so the parts of the body responsible would have been made from soft tissue that is unlikely to be preserved in the fossil record which is why we don't have a whole lot of evidence for this but one piece of evidence there's an organ called the crop which is responsible for the secretion of the milk-like substance in modern birds. And the grand theory is that modern birds were just super evolved dinosaurs, right? That's like yeah. the Reader's Digest version of it. Uh, so it has emerged that ancient birds may have had this organ. And so this may mean that it was found in bird-like dinosaurs. 
Okay. So I think, I think I, it's kind of interesting. If the question is, what if dinosaurs had udders? The answer is. They might have, kind of. They, they, they'd use it to feed their young. And use it in, and so you, there were udders, they kind of regurgitated in the way birds do. So this is kind of throwing what we, what we know about milk and lactation out the window. I actually Googled the definition of uh, lactation before I got started. The textbook definition is milk secreted by mammary glands. So, mm-hmm. to, call, so to call this like almond milk and cashew milk is more milk than this shit, right? This dinosaur yeah. stomach milk. But in recent years. Almonds uh, look kind of like nipples. I'll buy that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you just got to squeeze them real tight and they come ahead. <laughs> um, in recent years, there have been brooding and nesting behaviors known in birds that have been found to have originated in their dinosaurian ancestors. And you brought up some dinosaurs that look like birds. There's the duck-billed hadrosaurs. Uh-huh. And their relatives in particular are known to have formed vast nesting colonies where they cared for their young, just as seabirds do today. So it is not a normal possibility that dinosaurs had a milk-like substance they used to feed their young. And this whole thing started because I, it just got me thinking, what the fuck did newborn dinosaurs eat if they didn't have their mother's milk? You know, so there you go. there, And there you have it. I. You know what? I absolutely thank you, Matt. I actually learned like <laughs> seven things today. And that's unusual on the show because I like to pretend that I know everything. <laughs> no, I know. Me too. Yeah, we're 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 cut from that cloth. Yeah. Oh, for sure. man, I'm so delightfully surprised right now. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool, right? Like, I'm going to I'm just going to clutch my I'm going to clutch my chest and it's are emotional. You, are, are you for Klimt? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It, I would say this, this this came out of um, a, an Australian university study, and it is very controversial. Not every pale- paleontologist buys in on this, but I think it's an interesting idea, and it kind of answers the question of what would a baby dinosaur do? So I, I guess the, the next question naturally is if dinosaurs had udders that produce milk in the same way that mammals do, like let's let's play with well, their scenario here. We know they don't do that. So that's I know. But what if? OK. All right. All right. What if what if dinosaurs had tits is what are you trying to say? What if what if dinosaurs had tits? Do you think they'd be sexy tits or do you think I, they'd be like cow tits? I think it would depend on what era. I think Mesozoic tits are way better than the, I have no idea, man. I do, have no do you idea. think the, you, you think the Mesozoic era was like big tit central, like dino tits? <laughs> like <laughs> like a John's ham sized tit. <laughs> <laughs> Just bust out the scales to measure those scaly old Bean bags? Is that what we called? <laughs> Bean bag chairs, maybe for dinosaurs, right? <laughs> um, how would this revolutionize our dairy industry, though? Because you think about how much how much uh, milk you get out of, say, like a cow. Yeah. Right. A triceratops is like ten cows. Well, don't buy the Triceratops when you get the milk for free. Is the <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it is an interesting question, um, and it kind of you know d- dinosaur bras. This opens up a whole new area of fashion and internet inquiry that I just can't wait to dive in tail first, claws first, right? Here's our call to action this week, and I was reading on a how to make your podcast popular website. Good, we need that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that you should have calls to action every episode, and I, I think Matt's unicorn meme call was pretty successful. We have a handful of memes. We're, we're not yeah. gonna. We're not gonna. Num- we're right. not gonna number it. We got a we handful have of memes. X number of memes. <laughs> you gotta solve for X. <laughs> we got some unicorn memes, but here's what I want you to do. And I know these things exist because the internet, internet exists. Yeah, yeah. We want you to send us pictures of sexy dinosaur tits. Oh, God, I'm not going to be checking this email for this one. <laughs> uh, preferably clothed in like bikini. Like tasteful, I want something tasteful dinosaur, porn. tasteful yeah. dinosaur tits. Yeah. Like uh, if you have like a Renaissance era painting of or Triceratops uh, or Dilophosaurus, maybe. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. With the, uh, with the... I think, I, think, I think raptors would be totally bird-chested. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> well, raptors. Yeah. Well, raptors. I think... Yeah, I think he'd give a raptor implants. If, if, they, if they consent to it. If they were feeling self-conscious about the size of their breasts in this new dinosaur hellscape that we've created. Yep. Then... Yeah, by all means, you know, there should be cosmetic surgery available for dinosaurs who feel self-conscious. Okay, yeah, I 100%, as long as they're into it, no one should be pressuring yeah. uh, Dilophosaurus or any 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 raptor of any type to be getting breast implants if they don't want. We respect all dinosaurs on this show. That's right, this isn't TV work in the 1980s. Or in the mid to late 90s. <laughs> Let's get <Yeah>. real. <laughs> We're looking anyway, at you literally every job that Pam Anderson got. Including the Bo Rat movie, especially, maybe even especially the Bo Rat movie. <laughs> So speaking of dairy products, I was on the Internet the other day and I found something. And on the surface, it seemed absurd to me. But like I'm going to share this with more you. absurd than dinosaur tits or dinosaur milk. Po- yes, actually. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into it. More absurd than two big old jiggly T-Rex titties in my face. <laughs> oh, God. I'm assuming two-legged ones would have two tits. Yeah. And then like 100%. the four-legged ones would have would udders cow. like a cow. Yes, that's yeah. how that's exactly how I thought about it. Um, I think udders with a Z would be a great dinosaur strip club name. Yeah, and that's that's exactly how it was in Jim Henson's dinosaurs. You gotta pay with really old rocks. You gotta throw those on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> or new rocks as dinosaurs would know yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um that's dairy funny. to butter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I saw this meme and it said a smarter butter dish holds West (laughs) and East Coast butter. And then it has a picture of West Coast butter next to a picture of East Coast butter. (laughs) And my first thought was, is this really a thing? Is this a Biggie Tupac scenario? What's going on with the butter? The West Coast butter has to be weed infused butter, right? Like There's (laughs) no way it's not can of butter. Uh, so I, I sent this meme to Matt. I figured, you know, his, he's got Wisconsin roots. Yep. Is there a turf war that I need to be aware about as a as a butter consumer? And I, I eat a good amount of butter. Uh, yeah. Presumably I, um, of the East Coast variety. Yeah. You, you live in Pennsylvania. I li- We're both East Coast folks. I have spent time on the West Coast, but I did not. I did, and as have you. But I did not uh, study the butter. But let's get into this photo a little bit. It says a smarter butter dish. And it has a picture of West Coast and East Coast butter. And the only discernible difference I could see when I was looking at the picture on my phone is that the East Coast butter is darker than the West Coast butter. Um, that's that's the only difference that I could find on my phone. And my, however, my, however. my thought on that would have to be with uh, maybe the processing method. Maybe it could be a difference in diet between the cows. So fat does present as yellow. That's what gives butter its yellow color. So maybe there's just a higher content of fat in the East Coast butter because that's darker than the West Coast. But it could also just be a matter of diet. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I was like, there is definitely no difference in East Coast and West Coast butter. And then I looked into it and there absolutely is. They have completely different histories. Okay, (laughs) it's actually really funny. Uh, And I had no idea about this, but butter on the West Coast tends to be shorter and stubbier than butter on the East Coast. Literally sticks of West Coast butter are sometimes even called stubbies, which I think is a a great name for a George Costanza themed gay bar. (laughs) Is that why Sierra Nevada's beer bottles are also stubbies? They're they're little short ones. Yeah, yeah. Also, maybe uh, maybe it's a West Coast thing. Like they like them short and fat. Longanitas. If that's the case, we should be moving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But butter 
Paper used to be sold in one-pound blocks that was wrapped in parchment paper and cardboard until a restaurant in New Orleans asked for it to be split into four equal parts. And the concept stuck. That became East Coast Butter, often called Elgin Butter, which is named for a dairy company in Illinois. Uh, okay. which stand, it standardized the butter press used to make butter in all equals parts. But... The West Coast got into the dairy industry later in, in the mid-1800s, uh, and they likely had a hard time getting equipment, uh, like newer equipment on the West Coast in the year 1900, right? Yeah. So they had to make their own presses, which looked a little bit different and turned out the butter to be stubbier. Today, Lando Lakes makes two versions of butter. One of them ships out to people on different sides of the country. The other one goes to the other. Uh, both both of the butter contain about eight tablespoons. So no matter which one you pick, you're getting the same amount of butter. But there is difference in shape and how they're made, even to this day. Is there a difference in the formula, though, or is it just the pr- or is it just the press that they're running it through? I think it's just the press they're running. It through. It's the mold they're making. I don't think it's an actual chemical difference because there's, you know, it would be really unfair if one's getting better quality butter than the other one, right? Uh, it depends on what you consider to be better. Maybe West Coast are like, uh, can we get they some like soybean oil in there? Like can we get stubbier. some? Uh, I like my butter to be blunt, if you know what I mean. Oh, hot. I'll tell you what I would do. I would go ahead and bring uh, I would bring myself to a dinosaur strip club. I would get a stubby and I would shoot butter everywhere, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gross should, and I have no idea what it means. <laughs> yeah, ma- ma- maybe we should take that out because it sounded good in my head and less great when I was coming out of my mouth, much like dinosaur milk. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think, we, we, I think we might have to leave it in. We got to get off dinosaur milk because <laughs> it is getting me off. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. I live in a dairy producing area. Lancaster County uh, is about five minutes away from me, and they are one of the I, I think by American County, they're actually one of the nation's top dairy producers. Oh, wow. So uh, there, there's lots of opportunities for me to buy Amish butter, which is still typically sold in bricks. Like they don't even run it through a press. It's just like it's almost like a cylinder. Interesting. It's, it's like it's like it comes out of the cow that way. Yeah. So they, they sell them in one, two, three pound blocks like it's just wow. boom. <laughs> uh, is, is it taste better? Is it better than the butter you buy in the store? Eh, it tastes like fucking butter. All right. Uh, like, you know, there's, suck there's, at there's Amish people who are probably not listening to our podcast because no, uh, it, 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 it is it is well it is well executed butter. Pretty much everything that the Amish community does business wise, especially things related to agriculture and construction. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal workmanship. There's a lot of Amish people where uh, at least grew up and is from. So every time we go back, I see the horse and buggy. We've been to the Amish markets before and I've I've got I've had their produce and we've seen their the, the stuff that they make. I almost said the antiques that they make, but it's really just modern stuff that they make. Yeah. They just look like antiques. Um, But, you know, they're super nice. They're just, they just they laugh every time a woman shows up in a tank top. But that's, you know, it's about it. <laughs> they do, man. The kids were like laughing. I was like, oh, is this the first time seeing elbows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's also a darker side to the Amish community, but we're not going to get into that. I mean, no. we have you ever heard of the Amish Mafia? No, but I let, that's a whole nother episode. We need to find something on the Internet about <laughs> Amish Mafia, and then we'll come back and talk all about it because that sounds hilarious. Oh, hey, Jezediah, you owe me four pence. I don't know. what. <laughs> well, no, honestly, any any time you have like an insular community that has a strong hierarchical structure you get organized crime yeah you get literal organized crime or at the or at the very least organized punishment because if you think about it like anything that they do according to their community guidelines to punish somebody is essentially extrajudicial justice yeah we tend to let religious communities do whatever they want in the united states like to, uh, which is why Scientology is still thriving. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, right? It's, the separation between church and state is pretty, I don't know, I, 
I think it's a good thing, but I also think I don't want to get into that. But anyway, no, that's that's fine. But, you know, that that kind of offers us a a a tenuous transition to our next topic, which is the best our listeners can hope for on any given Sunday. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, man. When I listen to this, I think your transitions are they're spot on. I'm really impressed with them every time. Oh, so no pressure. That's not what you write in the notes. You're like, don't fuck it up. That's not what I, I don't write. Don't, I would never write. That's something I'd tell you to your face. Hey, don't fuck it up. I find notes hidden around my house. And I don't know. I, I never get mad at key. Aaron's writing you notes. That says don't fuck it up and leaving it anywhere. Everywhere. She's, she really believes in this podcast. She just doesn't believe in me. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the vote of confidence in me, Aaron. Yeah, it's very nice. Oh, speaking of places where uh, votes of confidence don't happen. Okay. Uh, how about China? Yeah, what about them? How, how, yeah, how about them? <laughs> how they doing lately? I, I ran across an article on Polygon recently. It says Fight Club's new government-approved ending is very different in China. Oh, so yeah, they, I, they I heard about this. Yeah, so they released Fight Club in China, and they changed the ending to a state-approved ending. Which I mean, let, let's 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 go over the basic facts of what Fight Club is. Yeah, Fight we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, it did come out in 1999. So if you haven't seen it, you it you probably are not going to see it. But if you haven't seen it and you want to pause this podcast, watch the movie, then come back and listen to this. Yeah, it came out between Joe's apartment and The Matrix. It came out in 1999. Yeah, which yeah. is why it's just hitting China 22 years later. It's kind of crazy, but I guess it makes sense when you're rolling a totalitarian dictatorship. Well, especially when you look at some of the themes that are inherent to the film Fight Club. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Anti-authority, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of anti-authoritarianism in there. So the main character, who is the narrator, and I don't believe they even name him in the movie. He's not named in the book. Hmm. Uh, He meets a guy named Tyler Durden on an airplane, and he gets sucked into this charismatic figure's world of they start a fight club. Yeah. 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 So they start hitting people and it has to do with suppressed machismo in a consumer driven society. And, you know, you go to the office, you take your lumps, you go home, you sit on your Ikea furniture and you masturbate, sadly. Like that, yeah. that's basically what Fight Club is raging against. But what is and a Fight Club? What is the Fight Club? Well, the, the Fight Club is a group of people who get together and they fight each other. Yeah. They just beat the they just beat the ever loving shit out friends, of each other and they're friends. They're like it's like a gang. Yeah, they, they, and it does slowly morph into a gang, which morphs into a terrorist organization that is yeah. global. <laughs> which so, is why China was like, mm, yeah, yeah. So the anti authoritarian stuff and the the anti government stuff and anti society, uh, the anti social aspects of it yeah. really don't play well in China. However, if you think about it. There is a strain of anti-capitalism inherent in Fight Club. Okay, I can they are, that. They are starting a communist revolution, essentially. Communist might be a strong word. They, yeah, they are starting a communist. collectivist revolution. Yes. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. They are yeah. living in shared housing. They are sharing all of their resources, and they are attacking capitalist institutions and elites. Credit card companies are trying to blow up the credit card buildings, right? Well, and that kind of gets me to the, the change in the ending. So at the end of the Fight Club film, Edward Norton realizes, and here here comes the big spoiler. So if you're if you have not watched your last chance, last chance, you you stop this podcast. You pull your car to the side of the road. Put put on your phone. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're not in China. If you want to see the real reason, go go to go to Tibet or Mongolia or Russia, where you can watch. Yeah, if you track down the Polygon article, the uh, they they link the YouTube video that shows the end of it. Uh, So yeah, he realizes that he is in fact Tyler Durden. He has you know, an alternate personality. He turns to his girlfriend 
uh, well, sort of girlfriend, Tyler's girlfriend too, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah they're, they're uh, definitely, they're definitely, uh, they're, they're definitely yeah. in a three-way yeah, <laughs> relationship, yeah. a triad, if you will. Um, not to be confused with the triads, which is a Chinese street gang. <laughs> Maybe that's another issue that the government that's had funny. With it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he turns to Marla Singer and he says something like, you met me at a very strange time in my life. Then they watch all these bombs that Tyler Durden's terrorist organization planted explode and all these skyscrapers and credit card centers get destroyed and wiping out credit and the capitalist hold on society, which let's be honest, if you're the Chinese government, isn't the worst thing in the world. But the problem is the terrorist anti-state element. So what they did is they cut it. uh, They cut it off right there where before the buildings explode, it just kind of cuts to black. And text pops up on the screen through the clue provided by Tyler. The police rapidly figure out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum, receiving a psychological (laughs) treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. Congratulations, the state. You have apprehended this terrorist through good police work. You sent him into uh, mental rehabilitation. You got a fucking you got you got a tip. They didn't do shit. They just like we got, got a tip, they got a tip from the in. guy who planted the bomb. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like not not exactly crack detective work. It's you just sitting around the desk all day waiting for information. Well, to pour in. they pro- he Tyler provided a clue, but the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and oh, arrested okay. all, all right, of the criminals. All right. That level of efficiency is isn't just because <laughs> of a tip. There was a thread, and they pulled that thread and unraveled the entire sweater of Western hegemony. I guess. <laughs> So I think one thing we should point out now is that this isn't just what China wanted. This is the U.S. studios changing the end of their movie so they could sell the movie in China. Yeah. And like I said, there there are elements of this film, like the anti-materialism stuff that that does appeal to uh, Chinese communist ideology. Not to mention the fact that this is literally a man who is driven insane by capitalism. Yeah, yeah. So the insanity here from the Chinese stamp uh, from the Chinese government standpoint is that capitalism has deleteriously affected this man and driven him insane to the point that he has become a dangerous criminal. And then once apprehended by law enforcement, they were able to peacefully rehabilitate him. And yeah, China is known I'm for sure its peaceful peace, rehabilitation sure. centers. They have millions of Uyghurs in them right now. I was going to say it's not a it's not a gulag, so it can't be that bad, right? It's, it's China's defense. Yeah, exactly. The Uyghur Muslims out in the western part of the country are living in re-education camps. When we were talking off pod, you wanted to defend this notion. I do kind of want to defend this new ending. Okay. So in the novel by Chuck Palahniuk, first of all, there's only one bomb. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's one bomb. I think it's at the... Hold on. It's like at the Museum of Natural History. Oh, the one in New York or the one in D.C.? Uh, probably Portland, because that's where Chuck Palahniuk's from. <laughs> he's, he's, he's from the Pacific Northwest. Okay. <laughs> okay. So at the, end of, uh, at the end of Fight Club, the novel, Tyler's planning to blow up a, sky, a skyscraper using homemade bombs created by uh, Project Mayhem, which is their terrorist organization. Yeah. And then Great the target name, of the, the explosion way. is the nearby National Museum. So Tyler is planning essentially a a suicide mission to destroy the history of the nation. So it's not necessarily related to credit. Otherwise, I I think the movie is a pretty faithful adaptation. But the narrator puts together the fact that he and Tyler are the same person. He realizes the only way to stop Tyler is to stop himself. He takes a gun. He puts it in his mouth. He pulls the trigger. Then he wakes up sometime later 
in a lunatic asylum. In the in the book. In the book. Okay, interesting. And then at the, at the end of the book, uh, one of the orderlies comes by and says something about Project Mayhem to him. The, the big reveal at the end of the book is that you have a very unreliable narrator because the, the narrator, although realizing that he himself is Tyler Durden, yeah. he's also still being approached by members of Project Mayhem. So is he hallucinating members of Project May- Mayhem or is it actually a worldwide terrorist organization bent on the downfall of society? So the orderly is part of Project Mayhem? Well, the implication at the end, the orderly, yeah, d- it okay. is like okay. a well, wink and a nod she, towards the first Project rule Mayhem. Is don't talk about Fight Club. She's breaking the first fucking rule right there. Well, I don't know if that same rule applies to Project Mayhem. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe Project Mayhem is something separately incorporated. Like if they took, if he took. Don't talk about Fight Club, but talk about our terrorist organization all you want. Right. So if he took, <laughs> if he took Project Mayhem to Shark Tank. In order to get a, a capital <laughs> infusion, he'd say, hey, I'd like to sell you Project Mayhem, uh, 10% of Project Mayhem for $500,000. And then Kevin O'Leary would say, oh, I was gonna whoa, say whoa. Kevin O'Leary's the one. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm Mr. Wonderful. I'm not even going to take your equity. What I want is a royalty deal. I want $10,000 every time you blow up a skyscraper. Exactly. I want a royal. Yeah, I want, I want, I'm looking out for my future. Um, but, okay. So, but so, so if I'm if I'm going to invest in Project Mayhem, I'm going to want to taste a fight club. And then Tyler Durden's going to say no. First rule of Fight Club is don't talk about don't Fight talk Club. Don't talk about it. And we're on national TV, dude. Yeah. You just broke the first rule. Um, so, uh, so so, so, you're defending the change because it's being a little more truer to the novel. That's yeah, in why, the novel, the bomb doesn't go off and he okay. ends up in an asylum. The only okay. thing that the Chinese government added to the story of the novel was that it's the state's intercession that ultimately stops the bomb from going off. But even then, it's because Tyler tipped them off. Yeah, it was just that, you know, they're such fabulous police that they were able to put the entire plan together and arrest every <laughs> single criminal. Yeah. Whereas Ever. the yeah. the novel ends a little bit more ambiguously with the orderly coming by and referencing Project Mayhem, which may or may not have happened because the person narrating the story is actually insane. When I first saw that China, the United States studios changed the ending so they could sell the movie in China, I was outraged and i was pretty with the, i did not i didn't i never read the book i've seen the movie plenty of times but uh i did not know about this i will still say though i still am falling on the side of the united St- this is a united states corporation trying to make money so they're cowing down to an authoritarian regime because there's no way they'd be able to sell this movie otherwise and i think that is grotesque and i think it's actual for a movie that has an anti-authoritarian message they're doing a whole lot to just capitulate to literally like five people in china who want this done so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say two things to that point one i think the movie ending is better okay than the novel's ending yeah yeah I think that the way in which it is presented is kind of hackneyed. Like, I don't think it improves the film to just just cut to black and then put up some text like, uh, you know, giving us an update on where are they now? <laughs> I'm curious what you think about the notion that we are literally capitulating to China, though. I I, I, I mean, does that not, does, does it not make you angry that a United States company is changing their art because they want to make a shit ton of money? No, not really. I think there is a... There I, is we a, do it for a, the Mormons. But there's a long history of United States movie studios not being able to get into China. And the reason why they weren't able to do it is because they wouldn't sacrifice the integrity of their art of their art this is literally the studio after 22 years after the movie came out saying oh you know what we have emerging markets in china they want american movies now's our chance we can just get in on it oh yeah we don't care that they are a complete communist country that treat their citizens like grains of rice and not like individual people 
I think I think my counterpoint to that would be that we do perform these editorial changes for Christian groups. More, uh, for example, there's there's an entire library of films that have been recut uh, by and for the Church of Latter Day Saints. But th- but they are nowhere near as Italian as the state of China, as the People's Republic of China. I mean, it's close. <laughs> I, I, and I, I, I would like I to, I I'd like to refer you to 3.2% beer available in Utah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get, I get that. I just interviewed a few people from Utah the other day, and they definitely confirmed there are a lot of cool rocks and not a lot of good beer in Utah. <laughs> I'm actually going to counter that point and say there is a lot of really good beer. The trick to getting you full strength. You can't get it in Utah. <laughs> well, no, you can. The trick to getting full strength beer in Utah is to go directly to the brewery. They can sell full strength beer on site. Oh, well, that's a good loophole. Though. At least in the Salt Lake City area. I don't know what. I don't know what yeah, it looks like Ogden. out in the hinterlands yeah. where the where the fundamentalists live. <laughs> where the Mormons are... Where the deer and the antelope play is, I think, what we're looking... Those are the words we're looking for. So final assessment. Uh, yes, it's true that they changed the film for Chinese government. Which I don't like. I don't like it. I don't care because if you think about it, most of the bootlegs available on the black market around the world are coming from China. So it's not like they don't have access to the original cut of the film. I got to get off this point, but again... You're just not engaging with the fact that we are doing this to a country. Who is we? You on the United States. On me, I didn't do it. The the United States uh, a privately held a privately held company. A privately held corporation is kowtowing. A a corporation that that makes their money living in a capitalist free society is Uh just throwing that out of the window so they could make more money in an authoritarian regime. That is Uh grotesque. I think that's grotesque. I think that's grotesque. Uh, Yeah, I mean, capitalism has always been grotesque when exploiting uh, when exploiting labor in other countries. I think it's slightly less grotesque than what goes on in our agricultural industries. Oh yeah, well. I, I would mean, rather. Sure, sure. I, w- I would rather. I would rather. American I'm not a fan I, of that either. Yeah. 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 I would rather American companies degrade American products for foreign markets to appease governments than to get chummy with authoritarian governments in order to exploit cheap labor. Well, I would say like it's, war- it's not the worst thing happening in capitalism. It's not going to. No, it's not the worst thing happening. It's not going to drive Ed Norton that insane. It is. <laughs> it is not the worst thing happening. That is very clear. I mean, like, you know, uh, diamond mining practices and all this shit is, is horrible. And you're talking to a guy yeah. who just bought an engagement ring. So I completely understand that. But however, just because there are really terrible facets of capitalism doesn't mean that we just have to go ahead and throw this other one in there just because other people are doing bad things. Yeah, I know I'm engaging in a limited form of whataboutism here. Like, what about all those other horrible exactly. capitalist things that we do? I just don't I, I don't think that the Chinese people are injured by a bullshit ending. They know it's been changed because they saw the movie 20 years ago when we did. Yeah, that's true. I think the people that are being injured, I think their studios are shooting themselves in the foot by not having art integrity, which again, I'm not sure that all the studios have that much art integrity to begin with because it's all about making money. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all the new Star Wars movies except for the most recent one. There is just something gross about us about yes, American, you're right. you know, interest. You could, you could have just ended the sentence at us. There is something <laughs> gross about us. And the next topic. <laughs> All right, we should drop it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great, that's a great place to end. <laughs> but, you know, what happens after communism? They, they get all the original cuts of the films. Like, think about the cultural renaissance that's going to take place when uh, the Chinese government eventually defeats us and then we ruin their perfect society. Yeah. Well, from the inside out. But what other sorts of capitalist excess can we can we look for in a post-communist society? Well, I'm so glad you asked. So you sent me this picture earlier in the week. And actually, this is from Maurice, who is uh, maybe our most loyal <laughs> listener, along tied, with his wife, tied. Diana. Tied with his wife, Diana. 
Yeah, because they listen yeah. at the same time. I, I don't think one of them can be more loyal than the other, unless I'm, unless one of them has a secret loyalty to us that transcends un, their marriage. One of them's watching. One of them's uh, listening to it ahead of time and not telling the other person. Just watch someone, someone's listening to it twice. Yeah, and maybe maybe Maurice is secretly listening to the episode that morning on the commute, and then goes home that night and listens to it again with Diana. Well, this is going to blow your mind. I'm conferencing him right now. Maurice, you're listening to it live. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so this photo, this photo is really interesting. It's a taxi cab that says Troika Cars on it. We, back to the triad discussion here, uh, and it has a velv- red velvet lined slim case. Uh, with a what appears to be a gold AK-47, and the text underneath the image says, a cab company from St. Petersburg is in search of a customer who has lost a gold AK-47 in a special slim case that was left behind in one of the company's cabs this week. That is 100% a customer you want to track down and return the property to. Yeah, I have no seen shit, John right? Wick. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... It's kind of kind of kind of crazy. The the, the, the Russian rental company. Um, we're, we're assuming it's in uh, Saint Petersburg, Russia, not Saint Petersburg, Florida. But honestly, it could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Russian rental car company is Troika, a real company headquartered in Moscow. Questions that I have that kind of jump off the the face here: Why somebody has an AK forty seven in in a taxi is hard <laughs> enough. But the fact that this killing device is made from gold is really the puzzling part. And if you had a gold uh ak-47 why are you leaving it in a cab so i i guess there's two things to consider one is why would you have a gold ak-47 in a cab uh you're on your way to the bond villain convention in moscow oh it is definitely a bond <laughs> it's definitely a bond villain thing uh, the, the one thing i was saying is well first of all um is it illegal to have ak-47 in russia absolutely you can get jail time for just having an ak-47 round and not even any parts of it so this is outside of the law of Russia, which would make sense giving a James Bond villain. Yeah. Um, the, the Russians are saying this is solid gold, not gold plated. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about the implications of if the gold gun is even possible. My, my initial instinct about a gold gun would be that, no, it's not possible. Unless you're playing the N64 game. <laughs> Unless it, was, uh, unless it was blended into some sort of gold alloy. There, well, okay, so there's a difference between gold-plated and solid gold. The Russians in this, in, 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 there's a few news articles that are from dubious sources, by the way, so we're not even sure if this is true, but let's let's go ahead and talk about Never it. Never trust reporters from Dubai, got it. No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I did find a gun exchange in California that sells a 24-karat gold-plated AK-47. Uh, it's from Lee Armory. The price is not listed, and it says it does have limited stock on hand. <laughs> if you have to ask, you can't afford it exactly exactly right uh but gold plated is different than solid gold so because i'm a mineral nerd i know that solid gold is about twice as heavy as steel uh a um, cubic pound of gold is going to weigh about excuse me a cubic foot of gold is going to weigh about 1200 pounds um a cubic foot of, of iron is about 491 so you're getting up to 500 there you could produce all of the parts in gold you can produce uh, uh, and even gold allies, but solid gold is far too soft and the resulting weapon would rapidly fail or even blow up depending on the type of round it was chambered for. But it is very easy to make gold plate firearms. And again, solid gold alloy is usually made of a gold alloy. There's consistent yeah. threat consistent throughout the piece gold plated pieces are made of non-gold metal that is then covered in a thin film of gold so 24 karat gold plating is 100 percent pure gold however 24 karat gold is usually not in jewelry as because it is very soft and vulnerable do you happen to know the method for the gold plating is that something where they would dip it in molten gold or would they use like an electroplating process it's an electroplating process yeah okay yeah so yeah. 
for those that don't know, electroplating is a process by which electrical currents and what mercury, I believe, Oof. are incorporated. Well, the, fun, the fun one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, creates, it creates a chemical reaction that adheres gold to the surface of items. Yeah. And also gold melts at about uh, 1940 degrees. So the question is, how hot does an AK-47 barrel get? It, the, the facts on this are a little are a little uh, vague, but you can get you can after after about 100 continuous rounds, you can get about a few hundred degrees out of an AK-47 barrel. All right. So, so, it, so it's enough to cook an egg, but not to melt gold. Well, I, I think you could get it up if you fired enough rounds. I think you could melt a solid gold barrel. Because I, I mean, it, I, I've certainly seen. You know? Yeah, I, I've certainly seen fires start on like saw ranges and stuff like that exactly. when we were in the army. Yeah. A squad All automatic right. weapon for you non-veterans out there, but yes, uh, machine gun. But even then, those fires probably aren't you know two thousand degrees. That's no. hot enough to burn a pizza, Matt. There are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good callback to our nuclear uh, topic again. Another topic from Maurice, I should add. Well, no, the criticism came from Maurice. The, cri- oh. the topic. The topic came from Reddit. The criticism came from Maurice. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Well, thank you. If I know anything about Maurice, that sounds accurate. No, I'm just oh, and kidding. by the way, I do have a, before before we get to the end of this episode, I do have to self-correct. I may have referred to Jerry O'Connell as Jerry McConnell. It's definitely Jerry O'Connell, and he is still married to Rebecca Romaine. So he still gets to go to the Oscars. I thought you said Jerry Connor, and I I knew exactly who you were talking about. I was like, okay. (laughs) So that is there. I I expect no emails. The only emails I want are just sweet, sweet, sweet dinosaur titties. Uh, Oh, God. Um, Yeah, so final determination. Is this gun real? There's nothing on the internet to show that it this actually happened or it was left in a cab as you say the cab company the first thing they would do is they know exactly who the last person rented it was and they say hey do you have any property you would like to claim uh and if the answer is no then someone's going home with a james bond villain weapon yeah (laughs) i will say though that i did when i was in iraq we did find a chrome ak-47 and the iraqi dictator saddam hussein absolutely did have a real solid gold ak-47 uh that he had it wasn't it wasn't useful but he had it in his gun collection i think it sold for about fifty thousand dollars when it went to auction by the way wow well i mean that paint uh, i i sure that goes a long way towards uh compensating the people of iraq for the villainy of the bath regime oh yeah for decades right yeah 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 that that that'll make up for it and thank goodness we were there to help to be a member of the Ba'ath Party, to be one of the most senior members of the Ba'ath, which is the ruling party under Iraqis or of Iraq under Saddam Hussein, you had to betray a close family member to prove that you are more dedicated, you're more loyal to the organization than to your family. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the first rule of Ba'ath Party is don't talk don't about talk- the Ba'ath Party. <laughs> yeah. First rule about Ba'ath Party is hit the showers. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can't just get into the bath without taking a shower first. It's no. fucking filthy. Yeah, bath is bath water is gross. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at you, Jimmy, at the pool. <laughs> we see your greasy ass hair. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But you know who doesn't have greasy ass hair? I don't think at least. No, uh, no. Rick Reynolds washes his hair with in gold and 24 karat liquid gold. <laughs> you know, you know whose voice is 24 karat liquid gold. It's Rick Reynolds. Yes, it is. He has been so generous with that golden, golden voice when he allowed us the use of his song United from the album portals and progress, which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, uh, hashtag boycott, Spotify, Ooh, hashtag yeah. I'm with Neil hashtag and, yeah. fuck Joe Rogan. Yeah. Unless Joe wants to come on our show, in which case, hey, Joe. 
or unless he wants us to come on his show, which I would I would do in a New York minute. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard he's got yeah. free weed and everything, dude. They fucking he's done shrooms on the podcast before. I've listened to oh. that one. I've listened to that one. Okay, him, him and Post Malone did some shrooms and had a crazy conversation about aliens. I would totally do shrooms with fucking. Post Malone. I would saute those shrooms in dinosaur butter any oh. day of the oh. week. <laughs> Well, uh, after you get done rating five stars on Rick Reynolds' music, go ahead and rate us five stars and maybe tell a friend about the podcast. If you're in a car, maybe play it for a friend. Get them hooked on it so we can infect, we can grow the uh, Don't Wreck Yourself sphere, if you will. Yeah, and I I know this is kind of a uh, sensitive topic right now, what with the uh, worldwide pandemic, but we want to to go viral. Y'all spread COVID like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get, go ahead, go ahead and throw a "Don't Work Yourself" face mask in. If you're in the South, don't, you don't need one, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, we we're "Don't Work Yourself" on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, go ahead and comment. Let us know you're there. Interact with us. You know, we want to talk. That's why we started a podcast. You can also hit us up on Gmail. We are wreckyourpod at gmail.com that is the internet's number one repository for dinosaur titties and unicorns yep absolutely please send us your dinosaur is this is a dinosaur porn we're asking for or is it dinosaur tits uh, no I, I i i want no i i want nothing downstairs okay oh okay right. i don't want to see a single here, folks. i don't want to see a single cloaca or presumably <laughs> corkscrew detachable penis <laughs> Duck build duck dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I assume a hadrosaur has a prehensile spike detachable penis. You know, you know what I'm going to do between now and the next episode? I'm going to email a paleontologist and I'm going to ask him about this for real. Whether dinosaurs so, have dicks? Whether dinosaurs had corkscrew dicks like ducks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah. I hope it, I hope it's true. Anyway. Yeah. And if it is true, I want to see it in the next Jurassic World movie. Ooh. Plot point. Uh, if you're wondering how life finds a way... Yeah, it's with spiky corkscrew dick. Corkscrew dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, so if between now and next week you find yourself hovering over that share button, getting ready to spread butter news all over the internet, and you're not sure whether it's true or not, and you don't have time to wait for our next episode, be sure to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.